to tune up the band and restore honour to Ring of Honour, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Dan and Reardon, as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling. Joining us this week, noted YouTuber in the wrestling community, an all-around lovely person. No, I can confirm that we did not chase him out of London. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when we met it's chris o'brien hello chris hello you did chase me out of london though it's kind of cruel you kind of targeted say, all right you did actually. say sticks but we actually chased you out of the out of london with barbed wire baseball bats you call them baseball bats they look more like cricket bats you english fuck <laughs> actually now i want to see a barbed wire cricket bat as, as I said, no. we, you were met with the warmest greetings that South London could offer, which, <laughs> uh, as Melee replied, is still under zero degrees. I know. <laughs> Dude, oh. I still remember, as soon as I got off the train of Victoria, um, just I saw two people fighting outside. It's like, ah, I'm, I'm in London. Like, two people fighting outside, and I can see, like, the Hamilton um yeah poster and it's like ah yes as, <laughs> I, as i've said to people you need to understand south london is a pvp enabled zone at all times <laughs> <laughs> you know gta online basically what london is <laughs> honestly not far off in many many ways <laughs> oh well how do you like the new revamp feathers it looks very nice looking very uh slick I mean, I don't know, but I don't know what happened. But that video that came out was very good, you know. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, not not to brag there, Ridden. Like eh? We had a brilliant video editor on hand to make it. Hey, Ridden. Hey, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Say no more. Say no more. Say no more. That's the first time I ever saw the bottom half of Sam's face. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong, you know. He's not wrong. <laughs> One half face reveal. I will. That's the thing of my gimmick is I'll only ever reveal one part of my face, not the whole. <laughs> you never get the complete picture. Unless I lose in a poster match. Unless I lose in a poster. Unless I lose in a poster match to to Joseph. There you go. <laughs> we did. We did do that one bit once where he said we're doing a poster match where the where the gimmick is I then have to wear the mask. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's, it's, I have like a lot of people to thank. First of all, thank you ever so much, Reardon, for editing that hype package video. You did an absolutely wonderful job on that, sir. Had to, had to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Massive thank you to Hopwood Photography as well for, for getting the promo okay. shots done for us on that day. That was they came in clutch with that, and uh, yeah, basically we've got a whole bunch of stuff coming from that shoot as well. Um, did I hear someone say trading cards? Ooh, maybe, Ooh. maybe I'm alluding to the future. We shall see. <laughs> And of course, thank you to RNKF Shirts for the revamped logo as well. Massive thank you to every single person who helped out on that one. But yeah, how have you chaps been? It's been a, it has been a while since we recorded, since we did the waggies, yes. and it just seems like the world. I mean, it seems like the world, according to Vince McMahon, is all we've blown is blown up. I mean, look, everything keeps getting more and more confusing. So I'm not going to pretend like I understand anything that's going on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, here was me thinking the 2020 retrospectives of everyone in the wrestling world would have been weird, but just in two weeks, 2023 retrospectives are going to be looking really weird come next January. But 2022 retrospectives are already looking weird because all the main stories I've put into my video have now changed, and I've had to put addendums going. We'll deal with this in January. <laughs> 
this is the problem though it's just like we've come into the start of this year we're like most of the way through january and we're already like having to like retcon half the big stories yeah <laughs> we are, like two-thirds of the way through whatever it's <laughs> so nuts <laughs> i don't think wrestling doesn't go off of the same logic as no. the rest of the world <laughs> really unto itself as we've said many yeah times. Like, we've just decided we're not sport or entertainment, so we're gonna act like neither. So, <laughs> you just, you have Vince, like, trying to stage a fucking hostile takeover of your own company is kind of fucking hilarious to me. Also, I don't, again, again, as I said to these two chaps when we recorded a couple of weeks back, I do see the irony of a megalomaniacal billionaire trying to stage an uprising in the first week of January. Don't worry about it. Oh yeah, nothing changes. <laughs> Anything Donnie can do, I can do better. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Anyway, oh, no. shall I move swiftly on? <laughs> we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever and always pending other platforms. There is no. Takeover alive that can stop us from pending. <laughs> Let me tell you this now. We are always pending and we always will be. Always be pending. I'll, I'll start listening when you get on the iHeartRadio. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> so before we get on to our episode all about Jonathan Gresham's Ring of Honor Pure title reign. It is time to visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. Wrestling news. Yeah, with the revamp, did you think we we're ever going to change the wrestling news? Come on. No, <laughs> no it's not changing anytime soon. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, the major news story is that uh, we unfortunately had to go through the passing of Jay Briscoe recently. Um, it was at least first reported that uh, it happened due to a road traffic incident um, while traveling with uh, members of his family. Obviously, um, it's very sad, and we give our biggest thoughts to his family right now um, and everyone that's been affected by this. Um, the tributes coming from the wrestling community have been nothing short of incredible and obviously every single piece of power to his memory um, and his contributions to the industry. Absolutely. There is a GoFundMe actually set up at the moment um, uh, towards uh, donating money to the Pew family as well. Uh, we will link that in the description of this episode as well if you actually do want to go and see it. Uh, do yeah. go and find it for yourselves. We'll link it there as well. But um, this hit very unexpectedly. And very, very hard, actually. As a person who, like myself, I entered watching, like, getting seriously more into the independent scene in the early 2000s, there was always one constant in when I was looking at the American Indies, when I, whatever I was watching, whether it was Ring of Honor, CZW, IWA Mid-South, even TNA for a little bit, it was Jay and Mark. 
they were the two kind of constants that every time I would switch over from one promotion to another, there they were, sure enough. So this is this hits hard because it's it's a member of the wrestling kind of fraternity, kind of like in this like Brody as well. What happened with Brody a few years back, where everyone it's where everyone now in the wrestling industry it's 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 affected everyone hard very hard um gosh it, it just sucks <laughs> for lack of a better term it was so weird because i think this hit at a time where like a lot of people on twitter were revisiting just so happened to be revisiting briscoe stuff anyway for the year end list yeah i'm like it's one of those things of it's not one of those you didn't expect him not to be there tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, sam server briscoes have been around for ages like i must be a bit younger because i didn't get into the indies until like the early 2010s like 2013 2014 mm. and i got into ring of honor even later like in 2015 and he was the champ when i got into ring of honor and it's one of those things of people have been talk- people have been posting about them the briscoe's more legendary stuff which makes complete sense like the stuff with the bucks for stuff with more recently, FTR on yeah. the Kings of Wrestling, or even like the Machine Guns. But what I found really impressive about Briscoe as a worker was the fact that he didn't lower himself when he got less than optimal opponents, which the Briscoe's had a lot of in the last four, four, three, four years. Mm-hmm. Like they had an amazing chemistry with the Kingdom, who otherwise they're kind of just a take it or leave it tag team. Yeah. Um, he has this amazing promo, which nobody saw because nobody watched Ring of Honor but me last year. <laughs> and um, it was against... He was fighting EC3. Yes, this, this is, promo is incredible. Which isn't, like, a great start to a feud, just for what the letters EC3. <laughs> um, but then, like, he cut, like, one... And he has an unbelievable back catalogue of promos. But that mm. promo is like, I've, shake, I've shook the hands of Mitsuhara Misawa, of Kensuke Sasaki, and you think you deserve to shake my hand. Mm. And the way he delivers it is just absolutely amazing. And the, the Briscoes always seem one of those teams where they never lower, they never lowered themselves no matter where they were working. Yeah. Like, they always stayed consistent, which is something to be admired because most acts almost understandably just out of self-preservation won't do that. Mm. Like you sort, of, you sort of had someone like the Young Bucks who in the last few years of me and these, they sort of developed their house show type match, which works, but when you look at the Briscoes and they just end up having a slightly fuller body of work just because they never lowered themselves. They were like, even when the opponents weren't optimal, you could always adore the Briscoes. And the fact that Jay had this incredible, incredible power to be able to get you invested, no matter the opponent, to actually get you invested in that match. His promo style is something that um, I don't think will be very well replicated for a very long time. Because it's Jay. I mean, I can't really describe or compare it to anyone else, really, how Jay cut promos. It was incredible. Just because of how... Just because of how wrestling's gone in the last few years, you don't really get people like Jay and Mark coming in. <laughs> like with a few, like on the Southeast Indies, you have pe- people kind of like them, but like as loud as we are, as at times abrasive as they 
Well, you don't really have people like that rattling sort of skewed in a different direction. I certainly don't think we're going to ever get, ever get chicken farmers from Sandy Fork, Delaware ever no. again. <laughs> exactly. And don't you know that's all wrestling used to be? So, <laughs> also, may I just say, like, recommend? I highly recommend if you want to go back and watch a cinematic match. The the fight on the farm is one that I absolutely recommend, mostly because, as I tweeted, um, this is just a regular day on the Briscoe farm. <laughs> yeah. And I love the I fact that, that their dad is the referee as well. At the end of it, when they're both out, out and absolutely sped, it's Jay and Mark's dad go, um, oh, clean that shit up. <laughs> Are you done? No, clean it up. Now, I think I have to bring up as well, um, as a lot of people have been trying to uh, dunk, if you were, or try to kind of besmirch the name of Jay, after everything had happened, and to them, I simply say this, fuck you, um, mostly because ever since that happened, ever since it came to light of stuff of what Jay has said, Jay has been incredibly apologetic, learned from his mistakes, and as a matter of fact, seems a much better, seemed a much better person out of it. Now, here's the thing. If Effie and Sonny Kiss are telling people that Jay was nothing but kind and respectful to them, that says a lot. <laughs> oh. That's the thing. A lot, because a lot of what people end up calling for is, and rightfully so, is to change and learn. Mm. But then there's a very loud subsection of people who just don't think that's possible, but still ask for people to change and learn. It's a really weird dynamic. Mm. I mean, because mm. especially from like, because especially from like the later, like the late 2010s Ring of Honor crew, who sort of, especially through COVID, seemed to be very tight knit. All, all, everything was, everyone was just saying the loveliest stories. Like there was a thread from Ian Riccoboni, which absolutely tore my heart apart. Mm. And. And same with people, like, because they also worked in NWA. A lot of people from NWA were coming out with lovely stories as well. Yeah. And, like, very clearly, he had changed and learned and educated himself. Exactly. And I, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a certain point when you're saying it when a bunch of people are mourning. There's, there's a certain point where you're just trying to get the Twitter clout for, you know, getting him. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an annoying thing because what I don't know what you think you're achieving by dunking on a a recently dead guy who was like I understand when it's someone in power, but Jay Briscoe wasn't a person in power. He was a wrestler who said shitty things and then learned. Mm. It's it's very I was going to say it's seldom rare that a person would say those things. And not only learn his mistakes, but better himself. Especially in wrestling. Especially in wrestling, because in wrestling, so many wrestlers, when they say something shitty, will just double down and try to justify why they said it. Whereas Jay Briscoe... (gasps) Michael Elgin! (laughs) (laughs) Whereas Jay Briscoe just went, this is why I said these things. I was wrong to say these things. And then actually put in the effort to learn from it. And... I don't know what else you could ask of a person after what Jay Briscoe did. 
Because, and I'm not being funny, people in wrestling have been forgiven or forgotten for much, much worse than what Jay Briscoe said and did. Because uh, Jay Briscoe didn't do anything. He I'm, looking, said, I'm looking at you, Vince. Like, I'm looking at half <laughs> the NXT UK roster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nothing specific because we'll get Don't sued. Worry. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> But no, honestly, I think it's come as it came as a massive shock, and of course, when it came to light that um, who was there in the in there as well in the in the uh, traffic accident. Um, the good news, from what I've heard, is that um, uh, his daughter now has regained feeling in in her legs, which is thank goodness for that. Honestly, I'm very I'm very happy to know that that that. His daughter seems to be in a much in a stable condition now, because um, that would have I think that would have torn my heart out if that had happened. I mean, I was I was oh gosh, it was I was I was heartbroken that when you heard Jay had passed, but even more heartbroken to know that his daughters were the passengers as well. Mm. Um, but thank goodness that they're both they both sound as of as of this recording they both sound like they're okay. Thank goodness for that. Um, but what we do know is um, AEW, Tony Khan did put on a tribute show. A Ring of Honor tribute show for them. Um, which is going to be on Honor Club and on the Ring of Honor YouTube channel soon. I can't, I'm not 100% sure when it's going to be coming out. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be very, very soon. Um, but... Uh, Warner Discovery didn't allow them to air the tribute on te- television, which is weird. Because uh, because cap- Warner Discovery capitalism moment, capitalism moment, capitalism moment. Yeah, because Warner uh, all but have effectively banned Jay and someone, Mark from television, someone, which someone, is weird. It doesn't matter. Someone can be shitty, but if they make them enough money, then they'll do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But that we all know exactly who I'm talking about right here. I won't say his name, but he looks like a human thumb. Oh, DW. Yeah, and I but not say, like D- hey. not, 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 um, yeah, I was gonna say not, not that one. <laughs> what a wonderful kind of day. I was gonna say I thought I didn't know Warner Brothers owned Arthur. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> Capitalism, man. No. Um... So I'm looking. Uh, I I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the tribute um show. That sounds really weird to say that you know in a, in a, in a way. But uh, um the amount well what's on the card from what I've heard is a very good cut stacked card. Um. But yeah, man, I I I don't know how to end this because it's just it just sucks. <laughs> it just really really sucks. In other oh. news, the Firefly Funhouse is back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but no. are they releasing the Fiend Two? Yes, they are. <laughs> Firefly. Oh. Is it? Is what would that be? Would it be Firefly Boogaloo or Funhouse Boogaloo? What do you think, guys? Funhouse Boogaloo. Oh, it's got Funhouse, Funhouse Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't oh. care. Can Bray White just fuck off already? <laughs> no. The answer is no. I got really annoyed because when he laughed, I was like, thank God, I don't need to hear about this shitty community theater ever again. You know, you know, listen. Bray Wyatt to start his own promotion, which is basically just Bray Wyatt does hustle. I, 
Yeah, you know what? I would watch that. If Bray Wyatt brought Hustle back and Aki Bono was born as a fucking baby again, <laughs> I would. I, I I would be into that. I would be completely, absolutely into. He unretires Muto he's, with an egg. I was gonna say he's gonna bring KG Muto back for his ninety thousand retirement. Man. Yeah, make um, make yes, yes. Can someone make that a gimmick? Every they, match they have is I'm, a retirement. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to cut everyone off. I I I heard Chris call it call him community theater. And speaking as a theater kid, there's a fighting words, Chris. There's a straight up fighting words. I don't mind community theater. I specify. Shitty, community. like Bray's brand of community theater is like when that church tried to do Hamilton. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I have to fight this man. <laughs> <laughs> you already did with barbed wire cricket bats. <laughs> I have to do it again. Look, no, as I, as I've said luggage. about Bray Wyatt, right? I think he's a, I think he's a really cool creative mind, but unfortunately, his ideas are just too big for wrestling. <laughs> Then he should make a movie. Yeah, he should. <laughs> and then I won't need to like hear about it. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, no he's gonna, won't... he's gonna, he's still gonna, he's gonna keep riding this LA night rivalry all the way to WrestleMania. But I don't. I re- <laughs> like, are you yeah. only, the only way I'm ever gonna in, be invested in an LA Bray Wyatt rivalry if they somehow like incorporated that horror Winnie the Pooh that's coming out. Yeah. Like, if, if if that leather mask turned up and like fought and took over Eli Drake, and it was then just Rubber Poo versus The Fiend. You know what? Five stars, match of the year. I'm saying it right now. But... <laughs> Piglet, yeah! Oh, God. <laughs> and on that note, should we end the news? <laughs> I'll talk about 100 Acre Wood. Yeah! <laughs> Piglet, yeah! Eeyore, yeah. Tigger, yeah. You know what? I need need you to stop. It would not surprise me. It would not surprise me if LA Knight becomes a champion at some point at the end of this year. (laughs) We'll see. Well, I initially said uh, LA Knight intercontinental champion. I wouldn't mind seeing it. Anyway. Anyway, are we done with the news, Dan? Yes. Perfect. Reardon. Recommendation corner. What have you got for us this week? I've got two because I remembered my other one. So, guys, how how do you guys feel about tennis and gateway drug prog rock? Uh, mm, I believe strongly in my heart that Andy Murray is Andy Murray is Scottish. <laughs> no, you have to remember that's when he loses. <laughs> he always loses. <laughs> Well, well, you guys are in luck. My <laughs> recommendations are the Netflix little mini documentary series Breakpoint, talking about the you know the lives and struggles of tennis players. Mm-hmm. Very interesting stuff. I really do like tennis quite a lot. Mm. Like I always, it's one of those sports where I forget, but then Wimbledon's <laughs> on, and I'm like, oh yeah, I fucking love this sport. <laughs> and my other recommendation is. The Alan Parsons Project. Hell yeah. As one should. Because the Alan Parsons Project are fucking solid. <laughs> solid <laughs> ass band. And, and, they helped, and, and Alan Parsons helped, helped Pink Floyd make Dark Side of the Moon. So, like, Alan Parsons 
wherever you are, drink the IOU a drink. <laughs> You're a fucking great dude. I spent too much I've... time on Twitter because I thought you were going to say drink bleach. <laughs> no, absolutely not. That man should drink only, only the finest, let's say, rosé. The <laughs> finest rosé. thing is a fine rosé. <laughs> yeah, rosé is good. It is good, but I wouldn't call it a fine while drinking your fine rosé is watch The Last Dance, which prominently features uh, music by the Alan Parsons Project. That is yep, true. yep, yep. That is because true. It's also a brilliant basketball documentary. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to wreck yeah. I think we've recommended it before. We did we're gonna, when, when yeah, it came out. Yeah, we yeah. did. We did. Oh, we did we I started doing this and we were deep in the first lockdown. I binged that to. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I have what watched a... the entire thing three times. I mean, I'm happy to recommend it again because it's fucking incredible. It's, it's so in good. the words of Michael Jordan, and I took that personal. Oh, it also yes, became so personal much. with me that I took it personally. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to find out about how much of a nutcase Dennis Rodman is, then... <laughs> yes. Who, yes. Look who he's best friends with, Dan. <laughs> no, but the documentary makes it incredibly clear, because I know there is not a single basketball player in the world right now, barring a few niche players, that would dedicate entire multiple-hour training sessions just to rebounding. <laughs> <laughs> this is a man who went zero points... 29 rebounds in one game. <laughs> For those that don't know basketball, those are insane numbers. <laughs> Dan, I believe you also have a recommendation this yes, week. Yes, I well. also have a recommendation. Um, I've been looking it up to make sure that I can find it. Um, it is the uh, uh, the video essay, Visceral Femininity, a Bloodborne video essay uh, on YouTube by a, a creator called Honeybat. It is a really cool look at the, uh, the themes of the feminine in Bloodborne and how uh, the theming of the feminine can actually attach to um, eldritch horror when looked at from a male perspective. Interesting. I'll have to give that one a watch for damn sure. Damn sure. Alrighty. With all of that, it is time to get on with our episode all about Jonathan Gresham's Ring of Honor Pure Title Reign. Let us cast our minds back to 2020. Oh god! <laughs> no! Oh no, god! No! Oh god! No. I don't want to go back. <laughs> so, oh god, what a hellscape this one! <laughs> it's very recent history. No, but I'll t- I'll we'll cast our minds back to basically the beginning of that year, or at least to to the announcement that the Ring of Honor Pure Championship was actually coming back. Now, I don't know if you two n- remembered, but I was quite excited about this. <laughs> so I do remember this and I will tell you why I remember this and that's because there was a weirdly specific amount of promotion on Twitter about this and this was when I was on Twitter possibly the most <laughs> yeah no it, it, it is very true very true it was um I was excited and from what I heard at the beginning of the year they were going to put on a a tournament a pure uh pure, pure rules tournament to decide the newly crowned Ring of Honor pure champion. But then something happened. <laughs> something happened, didn't it, everybody? Yeah, hey, Josie Yaki versus Kazuki Vegeta. The whole world changed. Yes, the whole world changed for the Vegeta Shiyazaki match. <laughs> you, Joseph, Forrest, everyone said that that was the match of the decade. 
Hey, I said that was the second best of the year. Calm down. <laughs> it's close enough. Close enough. Close enough. No. <laughs> but with all of this came a little person. Actually, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't. I didn't mean. I didn't mean that because I know he's not. I was going to say I know he's not the tallest of wrestlers. Uh, okay, <laughs> was... you Do you know he's PWI rated? <laughs> yes, I forgot that. No, came a, a a very well known wrestler in at that time called Jonathan Gresham, who was basically in, in single handedly bringing back the pure style of professional wrestling, and especially at Ring of Honor. I believe that he did have, in 2019, a couple of pure title match. Oh, no, not pure title, but pure rules matches. Yes. In the lead-up to this, I was still... I was looking back on, on this, and it made me laugh that in... Um, in Orange Cassidy's GCW show, that he actually had a match against Shinjiro Otani. I forgot about that one. Incredible. <laughs> I feel like you can make anything better by just inserting Otani. It, it, you know what? It's true. I feel it's like true. in many ways you can just make a match better by just adding in a uh, a Japanese wrestler from a past generation that's somehow still wrestling. Just mm-hmm. mm-hmm. put Yoshiaki Fujiwara everywhere. Yes. <laughs> like, just have him be like, you know how in like Sonic Adventure 2 this big the cat turns up in the background? Just have him be wrestling's big the cat. As Sam has heard me say, I have a I have a fascination and a love with what I term the New Japan old boy matches. <laughs> yes, <laughs> where they just like, how can we have the highest combined ring age? <laughs> no, that, that's what I love about pro wrestling. Though it's their fan base adores like the younger wrestlers, like your Kaitos and like the juniors. But then, like, pro wrestling Noah's mission statement has always been fuck them kids. Like, yes! Yes! Like, to the point where, like, if you just give up and go along with it, Noah becomes a much more watchable promotion. Yes, like, as yes. soon as you're like, oh yeah, of course, Masakatsu Fanaki's champion all year. Like, <laughs> that, that's when Noah becomes good. You just accept Funaki and like, Vegeta as your lord and saviour. Just like, old, old shooters, that's all you need. <laughs> So, the first Pure Rules match that he would have, or the most notable match that he had in the lead-up to the Pure title tournament, would be against Silas Young at 2019's Best in the World. Great I match. Actually, I was about to say, I rewatched it specifically for this podcast and came to the conclusion that it was fine. <laughs> Great match, but I was going to say, there have been better Pure Rules matches, even I, I could like- admit that. I feel like the, we'll get into this as we go along, but I feel like the rule set kind of just brings out the best in people. Yes, this is yeah, why I, mean, I my, say my, it was great. My because thing it was, was going to be me mm. saying and probably pissing off a bunch of people by saying good match, and then on the other hand, Silas Young. <laughs> yeah, uh, true. Silas Young is very good. I'll fight. I'll, we have two things to fight about now. <laughs> <laughs> But that said, I think the reason I like it so much is because it was just great to see pure the, the pure rules back. <laughs> so I had the, that twinge of just like, you know, I'm just happy it's back more than anything. <laughs> and then when I heard the pure title tournament coming around, awesome. I thought that was going to be a great start to 2020. But we didn't get it till fucking September. <laughs> yeah, by the way, did you, have you seen who originally was meant to be in it before the world fell apart? Yes. Would you like to, I was going to say, would you like to, 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 would you like to list that off, Chris? Right, so... the. Quickly, the competitors we got we got in the tournament were Lethal, um, Dalton Castle, David mm-hmm. Finley, Rocky Romero, Silas Young, Freddie Yehai, Tracy Williams, Russ Taylor, Grasham, Wheelie Utah before he got over, 
um, Delirious, Matt Seidel, Josh Woods, Kenny King, PJ Black, Tony Deppin. Now, hmm. who was originally meant to be in it was Adam Brooks, who's like an Australian indie yeah. standout. Mm-hmm. So what's the um, match with Connie Tetekeshta in DPW? Yeah. Um, Mark Haskins, who's like the only wholesome <laughs> British wrestler. <laughs> like, oh, God. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, Joe Hendry. Love that. Love him. Um, Yuji Nagata. Um, a pre Shibata Renderita. Um, yeah. Redacted. Because <laughs> nice. I know exactly who you're talking about when you say redacted. <laughs> Whoop, whoop, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of the police. Um, Alex Shelley, Slex, and old Douglas Williams. <laughs> you know what? I would have actually liked to have seen old Doug Williams crying in his hand. <laughs> it's so weird, old Doug Williams, because I've never seen him in a match that I particularly like, but I still adore old Doug Williams just trying his hardest. <laughs> you know what? I like I like old Doug Williams dunking, dumping himself on his fucking head. <laughs> Yeah. What I really like is I Doug Williams to me feels like that that old guy that you meet at like Sunday League where like that he's been playing for that team for like years for some reason. Maybe that's why. And like he's still there and he's still doing stuff and you kind of wonder like why, but he's there. God dang it! It's that, that's the thing. Where it's like maybe that's kind of the reason why I've always liked Doug Williams to a certain degree. <laughs> Like, he, seemed, he seemed like the kind of guy that I'd see like turning up and playing with my mate at like his community rugby team. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like I'll be there and I go and ask him, and he'll say, "Tell me that he's like 52 and he's playing." Most people he's playing with are like 26. <laughs> he probably played for like Harlequins Youth when he was like 20, <laughs> and still bleaches his hair. No, he still has blonde highlights. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Alright, so let's, while we're here, let us quickly go over the Pure Tournament. We've already noted the 16 people uh, that were in this uh, tournament, and I believe it was in, I think it was in two different blocks that they had it, wasn't it, if memory serves me correct? Um, so kind of um, like... Yeah, so with the new, sorry, um, yeah, with the new rules, basically, what it used to be if you got two closed fist punches... Then before you'd be deducted a roll break, now it's a DQ. Mm-hmm. And I also believe now it's like a strict 20 count on the floor. I don't know if it was that before. I literally I know nothing about the old. It was a 20 before. count before, correct. Okay. What did um, we add then? What was the other thing we added? Oh, if you, someone interfered, um, they'd be fired. Yes. Yes, so no pressure now. I would have I would have said, though, would have anyone interfered in 2020 during a... <laughs> <laughs> during a during a no fans Ring of Honor taping, I don't, don't think EC3, about it. I don't think EC3 or Josh or Josh Woods or um, <laughs> Flip Gordon thought it existed, so possibly them. <laughs> God dang it, you're right. That's the problem. <laughs> God dang it, Chris. So yeah, first round actually some really good highlights. If you ask me, from the first round in particular. Gresham's match against Wheeler Utah, I really yes. enjoyed watch, going back mm-hmm. and watching that. I really, really liked Fred Yehi versus Silas Young, but mind you, I'm a big Fred Yehi fan, and I will always like big up Fred Yehi to people. He's one of the most unique offensive wrestlers going. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing to me that he's not on. He's not even like in used often in like major indies. I'm not sure where he is. 
Exactly. It's he kind of like kind of does stuff. Like is the way only way I can describe. It. I kind of see, every now and then I see him pop up like somewhere. Yeah, he'll pop up, but he'll never be the story. It's just like, oh yeah, Fred Yehai helped to have like a really good match and then like <laughs> went back up to the mountains or something. He has his own version of the Michael Bublé cave. Listen, <laughs> listen, we need to find that cave and seal it up immediately. <laughs> Who has some spare concrete? <laughs> I, 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 we need this. I cannot emphasize that enough. <laughs> Uh, Trace Williams had a really good match against Russ Taylor in the first round as well. Yeah. Most people had really good chemistry. Mm. The PJ Black match- and Matt Seidel, like their entries, I always was like, really? <laughs> I was never expected Matt, yeah. Matt Seidel and PJ Black to be kind of like grounded pure wrestlers, but well, I because I could kind of, I could kind of weirdly buy it with Matt Seidel because he's been trying to do that whole thing. He's like, I no longer do the high flying stuff, but occasionally I do. Yeah, he 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 discovered marijuana and mellowed a bit out a bit, and um, was just like yeah. on the ground. So when I saw PJ Black versus Tony Deppen, I was like, okay, where am I? <laughs> what's, what's what's weird is that Tony Deppen looked like you'd expect Tony Deppen to fit in a bit more, but he felt more out of place in pure rules than PJ Black did. That's yes. very true. That is very true. But yeah, yeah, first round was I think it set up a really nice kind of. Um, expectation of what we were going to get for my favorite, pure rules in the future. My favourite thing that was set up in the first round is how draws were handled. There wasn't, yes. I don't remember there was any other draws going forward, really, but basically they yeah. do it as... Like, we did, like what pure rules is, is basically just taking the best, the, like, the parts that work about MMA that would work in wrestling and mm. having them work, because it would be... It got to the end of it, and it became a decision. And that makes you... That makes... First of all, it adds a time limit, which makes things just a bit more interesting because it's like, okay, I know this is going to end, but also, like, it stops the stardom from drawing all the time because there has <laughs> yeah. to be a winner at that point. So, yes. like, if Pure Rules went to 15 minute decisions all the time, it would be slightly different every time because you think, it's, you're thinking back to, like, okay, how many road breaks were we using? What were some important points in the match that might sway a judge's decision? Like, it's obviously all bullshit because it's wrestling. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. At least, but, at least they did the time limit, like the deci- like the points decision thing, better than the TNA Grand Championship. Yeah, but oh, you're saying that someone's doing an idea better than TNA, and that is a low bar. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, that's, that's not... It's like going, oh, they did, and I... Like, um, Iron Man 3 is better than Iron Man 2. Like, sure. <laughs> It's still not good. <laughs> like, you're right. right. Yeah, you're right. But, like, we can also be hearing. <laughs> ah, yeah. yes. The Simpsons like, Hit and Run is a better game than The Simpsons Skateboarding. <laughs> I mean, The Simpsons Hit and Run is the only good Simpsons game other than The Simpsons game. The Simpsons game is so fucking weird. You're fighting dolphins at one point. <laughs> When did, we, when did we come to the Simpsons game? No, I made I made, the compar- I made the comparison between the between Simpsons Hit and Run be, being a better game than Simpsons Skateboarding, which is correct. But the Simpsons Skateboarding is so bad that like it's just. But you're hey, look, correct. at least the, Sim- at least the Simpsons Skateboarding is better than the Simpsons Wrestling. Oh my god! Hmm. Wait, talking just- about. I just had a horrible, terrible idea. <laughs> will, I will, I will leave that until until for future wrestling. things. No, we are gonna. 
Who, who wants to play the Simpsons wrestling for charity? Who wants to do it? <laughs> I'll get in on my action. <laughs> God, no, don't, don't do it, Brandon. You have so much to live for. Anyway, let's get to round two. Uh, round two took place between October 10th and October 17th. Um, the match against Matt Seidel was really good. I thought because mm. it was again def- uh, Gresh, Gresh defeats Seidel uh, by submission in that match in a pretty good convincing fashion, may I add as well. It's very easy. To... Is, that match is basically just Jonathan Gresham just like clowns on Matt Seidel for like tw- twelve minutes. <laughs> Seidel does it well. <laughs> like it's easy to forget that with, between all the gifts about Randy Orton and Akio, that Seidel was actually a really good wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is why, again, looking back on it, it surprised me. It's like, wait, Matt Seidel's in the... Oh, now I understand why Matt Seidel was in the pure I tournament. Had a, I had a thing recently where um, a friend of mine was like... Well, he was trying to clown on me because I watch independent wrestling, which is a whole separate thing. <laughs> but um, he was like, oh, can you send me some matches? And so I picked up like an old ROH one, which had Matt Seidel in it. And he was like... <laughs> it was like... What's this guy doing here? And I was like, no, wait a second. You'll see it's actually good. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching some 2007 RH recently because I'll do anything to put off my 2022 video. And... (laughs) Um, I'll do that title sequence eventually. (laughs) Oh, I still need to send you the spreadsheet. I'm putting everything about this video off. Um, (laughs) And I'm watching... And I'm watching a Matt Seidel Delirious match. I'm like, this is really fucking good. What the fuck? Like... (laughs) Oh, and you could just tell. No, no, this this man was in fact a good wrestler. You could just, just tell a... that his time in WWE really bogged him down. Can't well, it's not just that he went to New Japan, did well there for a while, and then got busted for drugs. So New Japan fired him like right away. Oh yeah, it was the stuff yeah. in his vape, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I well, remember no, because that because story. Basically, because the thing just became, oh look, he's the guy that does shoot, that can do a shooting star press, and so that just became his entire thing. And also, that was like, very impressive know. back in like 2005, where only a couple of people were doing it. But then we fast forward to the 2020s, and every fuck is doing it. Yeah, like, well, well, yeah, you have to remember this was this was like around like 2010. That is true. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> so. Um, Mm. Yeah, but sorry, just as go on. <laughs> so, in, other, in the other matches... Kept doing the... No, let me speak. Let me speak. Oh, come on. No, I'm not letting you speak. Let I'm going. Speak. We went through all this song and dance with with, with Matt Seidel. I was just get to it now, and I'm just like, oh yeah, he still does stuff. <laughs> like, he's still here doing his thing every now and then. He's an AEW now, right? He, yeah. That is true. That is very... That is true. Did he have a match with Danielson recently? Everyone's had a match with Danielson. Everyone's had, everyone's had a match with Danielson. <laughs> you get a Danielson match, and you get a Danielson match. Tony everyone gets a Danielson match. Fucking Tony Nese. Anyway, <laughs> so we're not, pre- we're not Premier Athlete guys. <laughs> Gosh, that is true. Okay, so the other matches we had: Jay Lethal defeated David Finley by pinfall. We had Tracy Williams defeating Fred Yehi by submission in a. Again, it was like I like the, I like the style of wrestling that both Tracy and Fred have. So, kind of this match, I kind of was like, you know what, I like I kind of like this match purely because these two have a style of wrestling that I really particularly like. 
And then, of course, Josh Woods defeated PJ Black via submission because anything Tracy Williams can do, Josh Woods can do better. <laughs> Supposedly. No. Um, Josh Woods moment. I love after this, the day after they uh, Gresham faced off against Matt Seidel uh, in that Ring of Honor taping, the next day he would go on to face Lee Moriarty at Joey Janela's spring break in a really good freaking match, may I add. If you've seen that match, I recommend you go and find it. It's brilliant. It's probably Moriarty's best match that doesn't have Daniel Garcia in it. It's, he's, he's right, you know. He's right, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, don't worry. Eventually, sometime soon, we'll get some like really mad Moriarty match on AEW, right, guys? Come on, it's going to happen, right? Is, isn't he teaming with Big Cash right now? Oh, no, sorry, Big Don't Bill. worry about it. <laughs> big bill uh, no. <laughs> so the, oh, block, the block, block finals we have Jonathan Gresham defeating Josh Woods via pinfall in a yeah it was it was it was a match it exists it exists it's almost time. like I'm knocking Josh Woods for that uh, Gresham and Josh Woods for that but it was actually no it was it was okay it was actually not that bad a match I, but I can't say anything more than that honestly does, does it does it sound bad if I just like if, if we just like have that I feel like that gets sound clip too easy just it has Josh Woods it's okay <laughs> <laughs> see what happens when you're when, when you're guilty by association with Tony Nese no <laughs> <laughs> And in the block A final, we had Tracy Williams defeating Jay Lethal via submission. So it was the championship match. The finals were Gresham versus Tracy Williams for the pure title. I, I be here and say and tell you how happy I am that we didn't have to sit through a, a Jonathan Gresham Jay Lethal final. <laughs> oh, well, don't, just you wait. Just, just you wait. wait, Dan. Just you <laughs> wait. No. Honest to goodness, I really, I really enjoyed this match when I watched when I went back and watched it. Yeah, it's the, a good match. <laughs> the Tracy Williams match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, thing is, the, the Tracy Williams match is there's less to grasp onto than a lot of Gresham's stuff. I find I found this to be a trend when I went back where. Jonathan Gresham, when he's facing off against other traditional pure wrestlers, the matches are very good, but there's less to sort of grasp onto. Yeah. Like, there's not a ton like overly interesting in this match. It kind of feels more like a sparring session than a tournament final. Mm. Um, but there's some cool stuff in there, especially at the beginning. Um, they kick it off super well. They don't they incorporate the fact that neither man really uses their rope breaks, in that neither man really used their rope breaks. He only used the one. Um, so like it feels like a match that could have just happened in any other rule set, which probably isn't the best way to finish the finals. True, that is I, uh, that I, could, I think that's the only kind of negative I have. The uniqueness of the of the format. Yeah, yeah, like because especially in like the first round, you had um everyone like especially like the Gresham um used to match, and even the Castle um lethal match sticks out a lot more as like establishing the rule set of what it can do. And mm-hmm. then, and like this doesn't really feel like a yeah. That this kind should of be thing. the bit that where they're like, okay, now you've got the hang of the concept. We're gonna try and push it further. Yeah, like I feel like this could have been a lot more than what it was. It still works. Tracy Williams was silently just one of the more interesting 
pure rules guys and then he left the pure division more about in a bit but <laughs> um because this match was more setting up the fact that these two are similar so that they could make the foundation yes this is basically Wait. in a sense this is kind of not only was it kind of setting the path of what the pure division would be, but at the same time, it almost seemed like a vehicle for Jonathan Gresham founding, like bringing the foundation together at the same time. Yeah, because he was tagging with Lethal already, mm. which is why it looked like it was going to be a Gresham Lethal finals, not that, and also they're like the two biggest names of the tournament. Like Tracy Williams is kind of just a mid carder at this point. Yes. Um, I'm saying that like he's progressed any further. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't worry about it. it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so after this, the foundation will be set up, which is Gresham, Tracy Williams, Jay Lethal, and Rhett Titus. Oh, Chris Ridgway as well, if memory serves me correct. Ridgway? That, 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 that was more like a... Um, that was an honorary yeah, that, thing. Yeah. Like, yeah that, was, that, was, that was more of like a... Uh, you had the you had the anime, and then you had like the spin-off episode where they <laughs> focus on like one character, and then they pick up someone who's kind of there, and they never appear again. Basically, after after Gresham's run, um, Jay Lethal left um Ring of Honor right before Ring of Honor died. Yeah. Um, and then there was no Ring of Honor ever again. Don't look at Wikipedia. Um, the and so, like, he, Gresham just started adding people. Like, Josh Woods became part of the foundation. Oh, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, Le- Gresham just went over to... He kind of had a case of NWO syndrome. It, it's not that... Like, there was, a, there was no more than five members at a time. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it kind of strikes me as something that might have been more... If Ring of Honor hadn't have died. Yeah. yeah. Because then he tried to do Terminus, which... Oh gosh, we don't talk about Terminus. Which terminated. And guys, yeah. have you ever considered having an actual down setup? <laughs> <laughs> now I don't look, know if you guys know about this. Look, just don't don't that's a bit Dan, don't do it. Don't do it, Dan. I don't it's a bit too real. I've had the deal with sound so long. Yeah. Don't do it. Okay. Well, what if you wanted to create your own new magical promotion, but then God said, I have no PA systems for you. Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't, Welcome God. to Terminus. I literally, I literally just crossed myself. Like, <laughs> no, no. He found my least favorite part of Terminus was the announcers who very clearly weren't prepped on anything. Exactly. It was almost well, Heroes of Wrestling esque announcement during a ter- in a Terminus show. There was this wonderful moment during Terminus because I, I enjoyed the first Terminus show. Like I'm one of the few weirdos who did. But um, there was this wonderful bit where Moose was taking on Mike Bennett, and Moose just lost by being an idiot and forgetting the rules. <laughs> And I'm like, that's the most moose thing ever. Yes. Great Carly type beat. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I forget pure rules. <laughs> Maybe I forget Ruset. Oh, anyway, I was gonna Maybe say I actually, I actually do recommend that match from Wrestle Carnival, by the way, Gresham versus Ridgeway. It was actually quite a solid match. That match is fantastic. I have no comments to say about Wrestle Carnival. I mean, I mean, I've done the promotion. Nah, I mean either. But the match, yeah, actually, was not that bad. I have I've nothing. Never, to, I have no words to say at all. I, do, I don't think. I don't think they exist outside of that match. To be honest with you, it's true. It is true. Like apparently, 
apparently they had some of Vanilla Juniors over last year, and like Vanilla Junior division also doesn't exist. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, Gresham wins. Pure title is back. The foundation is formed. Chris, mm-hmm. would you like to tell Dan and Reardon what Gresham's first pure title defense was against? <laughs> Yes, please enlighten me. Okay, so <laughs> first of all, I want to set up like how Ring of Honor did things from now on, and that yes. they had rankings, mm-hmm. and that meant you had to have like a, a pretty glowing record to get a title match. Like you had to actually be built up in a mm. random title match later on. Um, so yeah, Flip Gordon beat Josh Woods and became number one contender because <laughs> he was technically undefeated. <laughs> Um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Did you think wait. the pure title was flat? That's the question. Hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on. You need to run that by me again. I feel like you've missed a couple of steps. Yeah, no, that's literally, ha- that's literally what happened. He beat Josh Woods and was got to number one in the rankings and come final battle, got the match. This is it's easily the worst build that and okay. like but no, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Listen, look, I I am I'm a big I love number one contender matches. I've always have. I've missed the fuck out of them in my in modern WWE. Like I really, really do. It's a very important wrinkle. But normally, the build up there is a build up to number one contender matchups. Okay, but I'm gonna disappoint you and say this wasn't even a number one contender's match. It was just a match, and then he became number one contender. Wait, 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 wait! What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he 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 literally beat Josh Woods, who at the time was the number one um, in the pure division because Lethal basically Lethal left the pure division because he had to. He could only be in one division at a time, mm. which meant that the number the two number ones in um, the two number ones in the pure division were. Josh Woods and Tracy Williams, but Tracy Williams lost to Gresham, which shuts him down. Mm-hmm. Um, so Josh Woods was the number one contender since he ha- didn't have the most recent loss to Gresham. Um, and then Flip Gordon came in and became technically undefeated <laughs> at 1 0, and so was the number one contender. And look, mechanically, it's not a good build. Um, yeah, yeah, objectively not a good build because there was no build. And yeah, given but... the fact as well, we were in 2020, this was coming up to December where everything was now so up in the air as to what was happening. How could you build anything up as well? I'm not, I'm not trying to justify the excuse of giving Flip Gordon a title shot, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. <laughs> okay, so. What I will say is that, like, we did, we did, we managed to scramble some sort of story, and it was actually relatively compelling, given that it's Flip Gordon. Um, but Flip Gordon basically looked at Pure Rules and went, "This is fucking stupid," <laughs> and so I was like, "I could do this easily." And then, <laughs> but that's it. And Gresham's like, "Don't you disrespect my special little rule set?" <laughs> so <laughs> that's basically the build to this. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't watch much of a build on TV. I basically what did what everyone else did at at the time, which was watch the tournament and then go cool, and then saw Flip Gordon was fighting, and then heard that it was miraculously this match was miraculously good. Um, I did notice mm-hmm. that Flip Gordon had a patch on that was censored. I have no clue what was on it. Hmm. I don't want to know. 
I don't want to know either. My favorite flip god. There's a lot of like hashtag flip god moments. My favorite was when he posted a picture of wildfires in the US and goes, "Strange for the stops of the Canadian border." <laughs> and then, and then um, David Finley re- quote tweeted it and went, "You're the dumbest person I know, and I know Will Osprey." <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! Got Wait, over you know what? I, you know what? There. I'm just saying, man. I fucking love the Finley family. <laughs> I love David Finley. <laughs> He's so good. Um, he, David Finley's anyway. awesome. Anyway, um, so that happened. It. And I, I'm there with you. It's. It's. It's just saying it sounds stupid, but oh, on paper, this is bad. Um, but it was okay, and it did go to a referee's decision as well. Yeah. Well, this match. Okay, so this match went 24 minutes. And again, it continues this being stupid on paper. Uh, <laughs> because you hear Flip Gordon, 24-minute match. And on, I'll be honest with you, but even though I watched 2021 Ring of Honor and last year, and, last year, and in 2021, Flip Gordon wasn't that bad, to be completely honest with you. Um, but in 2020, before the 24 minute empty arena Flip Gordon match, made me want to scratch my eyes out. <laughs> and and then I watched it, and I don't know. I've, it, Gresham does this thing, and I'll get more into it when we do a match further on down his reign. But he does this thing where he a lot a, a lot of carry jobs. You look at them, and it's people trying to work around work around the weaknesses rather than work with the strengths. Yeah, like you look at say, um, like people like describe someone like Macho Man versus Ultimate Warrior, uh, Ultimate Warrior as the greatest carry job ever, and I can see that. But like, it's clearly just Macho Man trying to make Warrior do the smallest amount possible, mm-hmm. and like Macho Man sort of just working around him, or like when Michaels would fight Diesel. <laughs> Same thing would happen, um, but here, but like in this and like all the other matches, Gresham looks at like the strengths of these wrestlers or even the weaknesses and goes, "How can I make this a strength?" For example, Flip Gordon's a fucking idiot. Like th- this is both in character and out of character. He's an idiot, so he burns his rope breaks right away, <laughs> and then is like at a disadvantage. The rest of his match, and the only reason Gordon's really able to bring it back is because Gresham tried to exist in Flip Gordon's world to fuck with him yeah. and started doing lucha spots. And then Flip Gordon noticed his leg was twinked and went after it for the whole time. And then Gresham just started selling his leg until basically the finish, which was very compelling. And Flip Gordon was actually really good at just going for the leg at any given opportunity and not making it feel forced. And I think that's very hard for like some a wrestler like Flip Gordon to do is to naturally put together a leg targeting performance. Um, and like it doesn't sound like there's a, much, a lot to bite on for, but it makes for 24 minutes fly by. Yeah, and like that's what I like for my Flip Gordon matches. <laughs> 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 oh. And, like, yeah, because when it felt like Gresham was uh, near the end of his match, was legitimately climbing a mountain, mm. fighting Flip Gordon. Like, I can't say it without giggling a little bit. <laughs> but it felt like he was climbing a mountain trying to beat Flip Gordon. Because at the end, he, he was just. Gresham, having run out of options, 
because like Flip Gordon, he was also cheating. Like he was throwing punches. Mm. Like and what, Flip Gordon like. would never. <laughs> they really put over how what a punch in the pure division is because like it t- absolutely turned the tide of the match. Mm. Like he threw a punch and then Gresham was fucking out, and Gresham only won by like elbowing. Flip Gordon in the head until he collapsed, and there's nothing in there, so it took a while. <laughs> um, and like it was weirdly visceral, and which was something you didn't really get in 2020 yeah. wrestling, <laughs> where everyone yeah. just tried to be a wrestler, everyone just tried to wrestle like normal. And I don't know, it, it works <laughs> really well. It looks at Flip Gordon and went, What can we do with this guy? Yeah, and like no, no. That's thing. There's no really bad Flip Gordon things in ring. In terms no. of like, I think of my major criticisms of Flip Gordon not as an idiot, but as a wrestler. And I'm like, I just kind of don't care. I I find it very hard to care about Flip Gordon. It's not like a Will Ospreay where he does too much and is too impressed by himself. It's not like a Kenny Omega where he tries to insert too many narratives into a match. Yeah, he's just kind of a wrestler. He, he's just kind of a dude. And you're not wrong. So like he was kind of like a warm body in this match, but like a good <laughs> Yeah, like a good one at doing that. Yeah, he he's a good base and like he's proficient enough at wrestling to not drag Gresham down. But he has to be pretty bad to drag Gresham down. You know, he's yeah. or like he needs to not be caring like in that Claudio match. Uh, um, to say, yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> that, <it's, laughs> I feel like that's gonna be the theme of this episode. Don't worry about it. <laughs> just, just, just let it, just let it be what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got that, and on the flip side of that, his name. Hey, he did the uh, bit. I did, he did that. that no. thing we were expecting. <laughs> on the other side of that, his next match would end up. Uh, next defense of the pure title would be against uh, Joe Keys in a uh, twelve-minute kind of breezed by match on a ring of honor um on a ring of honor episode yeah so essentially jonathan gresham runs well ran when it existed for ring of honor training school yeah and he saw joe keys as one of his trainers and and with and had three other guys was like have a match and if you win you can get a title shot because it's a thing it's a thing. It happened. Don't worry about it. It's and... just part of the wrestling canon now. <laughs> yeah, and so Jokey's won that match, and then um, added a bit more going into it. Just got talking about like his original trainer and like how proud he feels to be getting a Ring of Honor pure title match. It was actually a really touching promo from Jokey. It was yeah. Um, and then the match. It's good. It's really good because it's a Gresham pure match, but it's kind of in the same way as the Tracy Williams match. It's kind of just fair. They they show a bit more, like because they have to because they try to establish Joe Keys at the same time, and we establish him very well. He doesn't he doesn't really do much for the rest of the year, but we make Joe Keys seem like someone who can one day be on the level of Gresham, and like Gresham was sort of seen as like this was sort of being positioned as like the centerpiece of Ring of Honor at the time. So that was a big yeah. In the terms of a make a name for you, in the terms of a make a name for yourself, kid type match, I think it did. Do its it did do its task well in terms of getting Joe Keys. Yeah, it's just the, the the end it was meant to further never really got realized. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> because 
What the fuck is Joe? What's Joe Key's done recently? Last time I well, saw. Well, the key him... part is Ring of Honor, as it existed in that format, does no longer exist. <laughs> He's yeah. now, if memory serves me correct, he is now uh, bouncing between AEW Dark uh, and MCW in, in Maryland. Hey man, he's had two ma- He's had two matches in Terminus. There you go. <laughs> so before we get to the next title, like pure title defense, I want to offshoot that there was actually a world tag team title match set under pure rules, which I personally think is unfathomably based. Which is oh, the no. Fashion and Gobernable defeating the Foundation for the tag titles. Pure. Um, pure rules tag matches rule, like <laughs> especially. I know, like I'm probably only thinking this because I was like in the Ring of Honor bubble last year. <laughs> well, I keep saying last year, like it's not 2023. In 2021, but um, I don't know. I I really liked how the fact, like even more so than Flip Gordon, just hated working under pure rules. And it's so, like when the foundation would eventually win the tag titles, they were like, okay, every, and also the TV title, I believe, it's like, okay, every match we fight is going to be in the pure reels. Hmm. And which I do enjoy. <laughs> but also, <laughs> like, yeah, someone like Dragon Lee just throwing punches because he forgets he's not allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like Kenny King just being himself. Kenny King still being like, I should have won Tough Enough Season 2. Was he on Tough Enough? I didn't even know He that. was on Tough Enough Season 2, <laughs> yes. Good God. Good snap. My ever experience was the one in like 2014. The one where Hulk Hogan was on it and we had to throw him off halfway through. Yes, I remember that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> or maybe not, dude. <laughs> or maybe not, dude. <laughs> so yeah, that brings us to my next pure title defence. Jonathan Gresham versus Dak Draper at the 19th anniversary show. <laughs> okay. And I'm, I'm going to gush about this one, but first of all, I'm going to like sell it. Because like, unlike the Flip Gordon and Joe Keys thing, Dak Draper actually had a bit of a build towards the pure title. It's crazy. It's, this is the one that surprised me. It's like, oh, wait, no, wait, there was a build to this one? <laughs> yeah, so essentially, one thing Pure Rules did very well, which it had, it had a little meta going on. Like, everyone, like, for example, Gresham would force your rope breaks. You had someone like Silas Young who would use his rope breaks in order to gain an advantage. Mm. Like, there's a bit in, like, a match he had with Josh Woods where Josh Woods had him in a fireman's carry. Um, then gets him outside into, like, a German suplex position. And um, Silas is holding onto the ropes. And he's shouting, rope break, I'm onto the ropes. There's a rope break. So they break it up and he uses that small advantage there at DDT on the apron. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, so you had these people. Dak Draper didn't have any interesting th- um, things in the meta other than he kind of just broke it in half because he was so much more powerful than everyone else. Yeah. But, like, people would people would force rope breaks, but it didn't matter because he just overpowered them and won. <laughs> Which made for a very... Because, like, he didn't have active disdain for the You're just such a unit that you break the rule set. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing. He like he didn't like he didn't cheat too often. He didn't um do that. He he just sort of overpowered everyone because the pure wrestlers weren't used to it. And like he saw it as a quick way to get a title basically. That's just how he saw the division, which of course puts him at odds that we're Gresham because Gresham this is Gresham's division. 
<laughs> um yeah. by the way but one thing i do want to highlight is dr draper like you probably saw it the entrances here dr draper wore multiple t-shirts to the ring yeah <laughs> um during one week of ring of honor so you know how one thing ring of honor, about ring of honor production at this time i really liked was they had little graphics that yes. like highlighted um actual useful information like this many wins in this many matches um how like other records of wrestlers fighting or whatever mm-hmm. really good yeah, so yeah. what was it back draper he's not been around super long let me see he started his career in 2012 and was maybe relevant for about the two months leading up to this match so and even then the 2021 ring of honor so how relevant could it possibly be <laughs> um and so they didn't have anything so one week we just put in the fact of how many shirts he had ripped off and his in 2021 nice i remember he's like he's ripped, he was like he, he's ripped off 14 shirts in his last seven matches away wait wait double how's he done that he's wearing multiple he, shirts he wears multiple oh. shirts and they're oh. tiny God, they're not shirts, Mom. We are sports bra. All I want to know, all I want to know, is who at the performance center told him to start doing that. Everyone, <laughs> D- like Dusty, just pulled him aside, going, "Hey, kid, yeah, like, baby, you know, I need the gimmick for you. You need the Hogan gimmick, but you need more of the third, Daddy. Do the Hogan gimmick twice, <laughs> or maybe not, dude. <laughs> hey, he did it three times on the way to the Titan match. Don't say he doesn't bring out with big guns for a big match. Um, so anyway, this match itself. Kind of goes along the same thing where Grasham's trying to like solve this big dude and like how to beat this big dude. Because mm. like every time Grasham tries to grapple with him, Draper kind of just lies on him. <laughs> yeah. He like shoots in and then Draper just sprawls and Grasham can't do anything. So he had to like break Grasham down as this went on. And Basically, this, this the... match is what would happen if if me and Reardon ever had a grappling bout. That's <laughs> <laughs> incredibly yeah. accurate. Yeah, accurate. <laughs> I always imagine a fight between you two would just be like Scrappy Doo. Where like <laughs> you're just holding your hand out. Wow, wow, really? Really? No, that would no, that would be me. That would be me. <laughs> we you went there. You went there, Chris. You know what? I'm a you know, Chris Chris out here ready to make an enemy out of me. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. I can't, I can't help it. I'm a very abrasive person. <laughs> so, so the match, the match itself is like your basic living life thing. But what we need, because like full disclosure, I adore, well, full disclosure, like I need, I adore this match. It's my match of last year. Mm. Um, but then again, my master, I, I realized after I released my video last year that my match of 2021 list was very fucking weird. <laughs> It'd be like that. Um, it do be like that, Chris. Yeah, no, I'm sort of like Hir- Hiroshima Yuji Kobayashi didn't make it, but Maki Ito, Chris Brooks, and Minoru Suzuki versus Eruption did. But, so... but, but no, but, but, but it makes sense. Like, I feel like, they, but I feel like this is like with our most recent best matches list. Like, <laughs> yeah, everyone else is going like super carnivore. I'm just like. Calvin Tankman versus Jay Malachi from DPW Fire. Look, I put Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville up there, Chris. Which is I the can't say pick. much. The base pick. I can't <laughs> say much. But, uh, but yeah, what what's really so Draper has the advantage, and then Gresham starts going after the legs. Yeah, 
because you know what he can't reach for face. So Gus starts going after the legs, and so Draper slowly gets Gresham to use all his road breaks because Gresham can't really out wrestle someone that much bigger than him. But then Gresham gets all the road breaks right away. So that was a great way to show the threat that Draper posed and but also how good Gresham is. Mm. So like it, it doesn't. It's it's an interesting David and Goliath where it's like an an, an equal David and Goliath. Y- yeah, no, exactly. And the finish here is just absolutely wonderful. Because one thing, like one thing about modern wrestling, a lot of the time is like it's not so much creative than it is just mask maximalist. <laughs> yes. Like, like it doesn't build to something amazing. I but just do- to, I wonder who's to thank for that. Yeah, fuck you, Ishii. Um, <laughs> so but like the biggest part of the match here is the last bit where Gresham gets Draper out of the ring immediately goes for a crossbody and lands on on him in a sleeper Mm. and Draper climbs back into the ring as to not get a double count out and then so like it was a win-win for Gresham really and then is out of rubric so can't get the ropes and passes out mm. and like i fucking screamed first when i because i watched this show live and when mm-hmm. i watched that i screamed i woke up my whole house uh <laughs> and like it's like about inventive finishes yeah so like it's it's an incredibly inventive it's like it's in, like uh, and again it looks at draper's strength which is basically he big <laughs> yeah, that's it <laughs> Like he big, he's not even like a giant. Weird. Like he's sort of like what Drew McIntyre was in his first WWE run before yes. he got Jack. Yes, that's exactly what he reminds me of. Yeah, he's, it's like those exact proportions, and like not to say that Dak Draper is bad. Like he's solid enough on the mat to keep up with the pure guys. Um, he's had hit. He's like hard hitting and has enough of a presence to like feel like he's a big guy threat. Mm. But so sort of like he he's not really having great matches like he he had some really good like he had a really good match with freddy i because it's freddy i high but other than that that grape is not known for like having great matches mm. like after this he'd go on to like have a weird bromance with dalton castle and like i would <laughs> wouldn't be heard wouldn't. again like literally because like what's very interesting yeah. is like of with the exception of joe keys the last three um, of Gresham's opponents immediately left for pure division. Yeah, like Tracy Williams left because we could we didn't want to have two, all of the foundation in one division. Um, Flip Gordon got banned from a division because he kept being a dick. <laughs> like literally, he had a match. With, he had a match with Rhett Titus where he used the punch again, and it's like you know what? No, we're sick of this. You're not you're not in the division anymore. And then Dak Draper left because was like, oh, clearly this isn't my path. So, <laughs> um, so like Gresham was at this point was sort of like a defender of this rule set because like and any pretenders to his throne, he'd just beat and they'd leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, you know how you were very very happy about? Oh, did, what do you guys think of this match? <laughs> No, no, no! Everything you really like it—it was—it was a weird kind of. Um, I was never expecting in a pure rules match to ever have like a David versus Goliath sort of thing, but we got it. And I, I think it, I think it kind of it can kind of work for the rule set at least within the confines of wrestling. Exactly. Well, the thing is, the rule set doesn't 
it doesn't automatically mean you have to work. It's not like you're in UWF. Like, it doesn't exactly. mean anyway. <coughs> But again, Glenn Jacobs was in pure, pro wrestling food, you are a gumi, so what do I know? <laughs> um, but the, the uh, like, the division, you might have to adjust it because, like, it's, a, it's the same win conditions but with different obstacles. Yeah. So, like, it's why you can have someone like Flip Gordon come in and briefly thrive. Because I'm not being funny, the three matches Flip Gordon had in the pure division of the three best matches he ever had. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, people looked at me like I'm crazy. Like, when I said, hey, that Flip Gordon Red Titus match was really good and ring him on a TV this week. <laughs> to be fair, it does feel like the kind of thing that if you said someone would look at you as if you're insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so remember how you were so happy that Jay Lethal wasn't in the finals? Of... <laughs> so it's Ring of Honor's 500th episode. Enter stage left, Jay Lethal. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Ring of Honor's 500th episode, and they had, um, and they helped Ring of Honor at the time had this Facebook group called, I forget what it was called, it was like Community of Honor or something, mm. and they put polls there. So they put polls of what we want to see for pure title. J-, J Lethal won because Gresham and Lethal have a thing going and apparently everyone in there hated Roosh. Um, who, by the way, is a king. I wish I could live my life like Roosh. It's just like, no, I won't do that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so like, have you considered the following? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what, what I love about Roosh is the, the second... Um, he lost the Ring of Honor title, who was like, oh no, my knee, and went back to Mexico. I just like, love that so much. It's like, ah, ah, I must nah. my people need me. <laughs> so anyway, so the other match on here was Mark Briscoe, Jay Briscoe. Another great match. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Briscoes ever had a bad match against each other. Exactly why I tell people, go watch uh, Fight at the Farm. It's probably yeah, one of the better cinematic matches. Best cinematic match of that whole era. <laughs> Fuck you, Firefly Funhouse and Ken Shamrock versus Sammy Callahan. One final beat. Let's not forget one final beat. Uh, <laughs> don't don't make drink. me remember. Are you, one, I swear one final beat gave me a drinking problem. I was <laughs> I, I was fine before that match. It had nothing one, to final, with... one final beat made me feel like I should have had one. <laughs> uh, I think I used to like that rivalry as well. <laughs> It's like what I've said. One final beat is non-canon. <laughs> it, it is, but we can't... It's like, I'm a Scrubs fan. I can't deny that season 9 exists. Like, it's just fair. <laughs> it's, yeah, like, like, true, like, yeah, like, it, like with, with, with many things, I personally, as a... Uh, I don't know, what's the best way? what's the best way for me to sum this up for myself? It's kind of like... I know, it's like with Fallout. I kind of I like I know Fallout Three is there. I just kind of choose not to acknowledge it. I don't know about Fallout. A lot of people liked Fallout Three. I mean, no, a lot, of people, a lot of people do. I don't. <laughs> Me, especially like, when New no Vegas pod. is there. Come on, one. It goes one. It goes one, two. New Vegas. <laughs> I think the world is coming around to you, however, on that one, honestly, but. Yes. So, right, H. guy did that video ages ago. It, I never knew it existed until like maybe a year, like not that long ago, and it basically confirmed everything I felt before. Yeah. H. Bomber guy ruined my fucking life. 
Honestly, like, he ruined Tommy Tallarico's life, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> No, but so weird, like, do you want a three-hour video essay on a video game you've never played? I'm like, not really. I'm gonna watch it anyway. <laughs> it's yes. That's why. That's the allure of H. Bomber guy. But I digress. Jay Lethal. Oh no. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> oh no. Don't worry about it. Uh... Do, you, do you want me to go into my? Do you want me to go into my Jay Lethal spiel? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was gonna say yes. Here's <laughs> here's 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 the short of it. Having been a person that, when I was younger, used to watch TNA, TNA, Jay Lethal is Jay Lethal as a wrestler and as a person. Um, discounting other stuff, which I'm not going to discuss here. Um, he feels like a person which, even though I see him sparingly, I still feel like I've seen too much. <laughs> He's been around for ages. <laughs> there you go, done. Anyway, so. <laughs> So yeah, this match was voted upon by the Ring of Honor fans, um, of which you are clearly not one. <laughs> Excuse me, I am in fact a Ring of Honor fan. Uh, Sam will attest that uh, the Ring of Honor Pure Tournament was the only thing I was reporting on in the news for a strong stretch. <laughs> me and him both. Me and him both. As a matter, as a matter of fact, I also voted for Roosh in this. What What the fuck else was going on in? That time in 2020, though, like it's basically that Shingo Suzuki and nothing else would have known. No, yes, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's true, it's true. That was the Pretty only much. two things that happened in 2020. Uh, WWE was refusing to acknowledge that anything was happening in the real world, <laughs> <laughs> still posting profits despite the fact that they just cut about 50 to 60 employees. Oh, yeah, that was like, like a month or two before that. <laughs> People were pretending to like carrying cross. <laughs> Hey, remember that. <laughs> My dear friend IQ telling him, can I have the Centurion's helmet when he said, and, when, and then Gary Cross replied, no one wants that shit. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, Jay Lethal. Yeah, I feel like we're just trying to avoid talking about it. Um, we really the are. Match, the match is good, as Jay Lethal matches go. Um, I think it's actually very good. Yeah, I feel um, like Gresham, Gresham always brought out the best in Lethal. Yeah. Because Jay Lethal found out from an early age he can do a Macho Man impression and made that his whole personality. Um, well, you Brad... in his situation. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, Vince Russo didn't see anything in you except that, but you could still get a paycheck from doing that. I kind of, uh, I can kind of understand to a certain degree. I've done worse things for money. Um, but the... here. It worked really well because it works basically on the same level as the Tracy Williams match, where it's like two equals. And like, mm. why? One thing I did really like is that they came out together. Yes. Instead of having yeah. separate entrances, and the foundation always did that, and I thought it was a really good way to like put because it made them feel like more like a training camp than we did a traditional wrestling faction. Diamond mine, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I missed. I I can't believe you had a had something with Roderick Strong and Hideki Suzuki and you fucked it up. And, and you still fucked it up. <laughs> anyway. I'm not going to repeat the Hideki Suzuki story. Imagine not having Hideki Suzuki wrestle. I know. Imagine, imagine having Hideki Suzuki fucking Suzuki. Like, but one thing he's good at is wrestling. <laughs> um, yeah. This match is fairly, like, it starts off fairly amicable. They start 
rather viciously going after the limbs, which culminates really like my favorite part of this is when Jay Lethal tries to go for a lethal injection yeah. and just can't do it because his arm hurts so much. Mm. I thought that was very good. Um, and then they're rolling around and Gresham gets the win, win at some point. It's a very good match, but there's much less to talk about as compared to any of the matches before this. Yeah, it was a very solid match. I mean, looking yeah. back on it. Um... It wasn't the best match we had that year because the match we had at Final Battle was an absolute banger. That one. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that one. Oof, that one was so good. That one was so good. Uh, but yeah, solid match. I can't really fault anything of it. There was no kind of like, there wasn't any moments that stuck out like a sore thumb. It was it was a perfectly solid match. Yeah. Um, and that's, all you, that's all you need on TV. Exactly, take, exactly. Take but, note. <laughs> Take a look, Lucha Bros. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, next pure title defense though. Ah, oh, uh, this one I'm looking forward to because I actually went back. This is the one I kind of went back and remember went back when I was watching it, and I kind of do have a lot more fond memories of. It's the one against Fred Yehi. Yeah, Fred. I, I, weirdly enough, this this show is also um, headlined by a Jay Briscoe Mark Briscoe match. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was exactly. The show is headlined by Fight Number Fam. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Yehi was in a weird spot where he wasn't. So like, probably pure the pure division was split into the foundation and um, people who weren't in the foundation. Yes. Yeah. Well, people who like weren't in like that pure rules archetype, and Fred Yehi, and and then like Fred Yehi was kind of in the middle. Yes. Where, like, um, he'd started out, like, basically on Gresham's side and then slowly got more bitter. Losing to Dak Draper will do that to a man. And... <laughs> Gresham was just there going, look, man, you're either with us or against us. <laughs> like, we both were trained by Mr. Hughes. Come on. Yeah, it's amazing how two of the best, like... I hate the term, but it fits the best. The two, two of the best technical wrestlers in America in the modern day. Retreat by Mr. Hughes. Hughes. <laughs> was Mr. Hughes like just really secretly into world of sports and told that to all his students? Like, it, I, it's, it's, like the, it's, it's like the thing we said before, because we discussed it before when we were talking about, I believe it was the episode we did about jobbers, mm-hmm. where just there's this weird <clears throat> crossover of people who used to be like, Fed and WCW jobbers just being just like mad shooters. <laughs> no, but like the like, who do you think Mr. Hughes is more inspired though by though? Um, Zoltan Bosick or Yoshiaki Fujiwara? Because it has to be one of them. <laughs> like on the spectrum of Zoltan Bosick to Fujiwara, <laughs> where does he stand? This this goes on to a whole thing where um, uh, I was having a discussion with a friend of mine. Um, and it came to, uh, I was talking about, I believe some form of UWF. I mean, there's been like 19 billion iterations. <laughs> um, but I mentioned one which had, um, like the the name of the match had Funaki in it, and my friend was like, "Oh, Masakatsu," and I went, "No, Shoichi," <laughs> as in that Funaki. <laughs> so, I, remember, so, I was talking to. <laughs> I was talking to um, Forrest over last year, and um, it was when Simon Gotch versus Masakatsu Funaki 
No, yes. No, yes. more than ounce. And he was like, it should be illegal to have Gotch versus Funaki in big letters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, it's like, Gotch. Oh, Simon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? All right, Gresham Yeh. Yes, hi. yeah. Gresham Yeh, hi. Um, again, there's, beyond that, there's less to grasp onto here much like 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 i said before when he's wrestling someone on um his level they're less interesting because he has less to work around yes yeah kind of just have like a really good straight match here um yehai as you said before is one of the most interesting offensive wrestlers in the world and it's boggling to me but like he, like he, like the us indies are like in a better place now than they've been in a very long time mm. and like Still, somehow, Fred Yehai doesn't seem to have a place in it. And it annoys the hell out of me. It yeah, really it makes... annoys the hell I mean, granted, he did have a really great match back in October against Minoru Suzuki. And I think a lot more people need to see that, honestly, at New Japan, in New Japan Strong. Yeah, but um... like, New Japan Strong doesn't actually exist. And I think it's disgusting that you're perpetuating this conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the... How the... The New Japan Strong conspiracy. Have you ever known anyone that's wrestled in um, New Japan Strong? Have you ever met a person that's been to a New Japan Strong show? Hey, I we interviewed so. we we interviewed Fred Rosser, so you can't say that. Yeah, but did, but did those matches really exist? It's Are true. they not just New Japan shows? Does mm-hmm. New Japan Strong actually exist? Is New Japan Strong in the room with us right now? Look, man, Eddie, look, Eddie Kingston's my boy. You know, we we've we've DM'd. He said he said thank you for introducing him to Atlantis versus Villano. No big deal. But no need to brag, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but fucking he he pretends to have re- wrestled in New Japan Strong, and it's like I can't support. Like I've, I support him in everything, but that don't don't lie to me, Eddie. But on but as I was saying. Fred J. High deserves more eyes than he's given at he the does. moment. He does. He yeah. deserves so much more props than he's given. I think the problem is like he. I'm looking on Cage Match for now, and he seems to have made his home on in a in AAW and CZW, which are both sort of legacy indies that no one really pays attention to anymore. Which is a shame. I don't know a single person that's well, still not CZ- CZW. Not for CZW, but uh, but, but I meant for Fred Yeh High himself, but not yeah. for those two companies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if he put himself out there, like action would let him in. Beyond, I, I, I think action and self southeast first would let him in without without any trouble whatsoever. I mean, I want to see Fred Yehai versus Adam Priest sometime soon. I want to see Yehai Adam. I'm surprised Yehai hasn't been picked up by DPW as well. Exactly. Exactly. He seems to. I feel like I'd like to see him have some more matches towards like the West Coast. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot of cool stuff going on there. Something like I don't know, like an easy, an e- I feel like an easy match to just get something really cool going would be like Freddie A. High versus like Kevin Koo. That would just, I would I would pay good money to to see. I would pay I DP. Like that's, 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 I would pay DPW on demand money to see that match. <laughs> I want to see Freddie A. High versus Luigi Prima. <laughs> I'm no, a Luigi I want to see Fred Yeh High versus Action Andretti. Where am I high at? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> but no, this match is very solid again. Like, if we were talking about in terms of very solid matches, this one is a very solid match as well. Didn't go as long as the lethal match, if memory serves me correct. No, it went 12 minutes as opposed to 16. 
Yeah. Which probably works in its favor mm-hmm. because like you don't want a pure t- a long pure title match before fight on the farm. Unless you like, name's Brian Danielson. Well, yeah, or like to a show. But yeah, it was very good. <laughs> <laughs> but then we very... go I was gonna say then we go on to the next defense that he had, which was okay. that best of the yeah. best in the world. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and this is another one like it, it it's so hard being a Ring of Honor fan because going Mike Bennett had a good run in the pure division does not sound correct coming out of someone's mouth. But yeah, I think I, I, I will say this, I'll I will defend it to the high hill. Mike Bennett as since coming back has actually not had a bad running ring of Ring of Honor. I think no, it's actually, a... if anything, I think he's had a much better run in uh, in terms of quality of matches that he's had since coming back. When he came back in Ring of Honor in 2020, he was kind of stuck in the ongoing Taven versus Vincent feud. Yeah. And which just never ends. <laughs> it never ends. I'm pretty sure it's on some level it's still going on. Not and then that feud supposedly wrapped up. With like a cage match, actually no, the cage match wasn't. Yeah, the cage match hadn't happened yet. That feud was still going on. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 definitely. Was. <laughs> it, it was still, it was still going on. Um, and so, but Mike Bennett took a vacation in the pure division. Um, and won a pure gauntlet, which Ring of Honor would run every so often. Mm. Um, the winner, because like you win the gauntlet, you technically have three di- victories. So. <laughs> He became a number one contender. It's kind of a Flip Gordon situation instead of less stupid. Yeah. Um, and there's a bit more to bite on too. These do have a history going on, um, going back ages. And like they're two, like in the late 2010s, but you think of, weirdly, you think of Ring, Ring of Honor, there's two sides to think of. You sort of like the great stuff with Jonathan Gresham and then you have Mike Bennett. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Mike Bennett pulled a really cool thing where it's like, a, he wanted to prove that he was he like he took his reputation and harnessed it for a storyline in a like an actual subtle way. Yeah. Yes. And was just like, look, man, I I can do this, and I'm going to show you I can do this. When this storyline first came around, I was just convinced that it, they that Ring of Honor were just committed to re to restarting the kingdom and going over it again. They did. <laughs> <laughs> and look where Eventually. we are in AEW now. <laughs> this was, I was just there, and I was just like. I really like this. If this becomes the if this if this new idea becomes the focus of just doing the same thing over again, this will quite annoy me. <laughs> oh, oh. Then, oh, don't worry about it. Um, fucking Matt Taven, <laughs> Taven, Taven, Taven. Um, so yeah, this this match comes along and Bennett, like I think he, I don't sure if this was deliberate, but I think he harnessed his character. Very well in terms of like he was just he was aesthetically trying to fit into the pure division. Yeah, like he was like pulling out Nigel McGuinness moves, which I like which I can appreciate that 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 plays to my yes. heartstrings quite a bit. Yeah, Nigel McGuinness is like the one British wrestler is morally okay to like, but <laughs> I mean, folks, where's the lie? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm gonna get you guys sued. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and 
then like my the thing is Matt Bennett's best opportunities came around in this match when he when he was acting like himself and not trying to aesthetically fit into the pure rules, which I think worked very well. Mm. And then there's this moment in this match which I absolutely adore, where like they both lost um Bennett was out of rope breaks, Gresham still had one rope break left, and then Bennett hits his power driver, goes for it, but and looks like it's gonna be a free count, but Gresham's foot just so happens to be under the ropes and that's why he didn't kick out. Mm. Once again, I am stressing that I love the use of rope breaks in wrestling. Yes. Wrestling is so much better when you limit how many rope breaks you can have. Exactly. I just wish wrestling in general, and when I say wrestling, I mean uh, major promotion, major American promotion wrestling would use rope breaks more. <laughs> no, because there's this thing of um, you'd actually have to decide whether or not to fight up, because um, I think this is something that ha- does very well in UWF rules, obviously the most obvious current example in Glate, where yeah. like you'd actually have to learn how to wrestle on the ground <laughs> and like and, and especially in something like this it means rest holds actually have a fucking purpose <laughs> like you're not just like in a rest hold like discussing what to do for the rest of your match Randy Orton going brazy right now in great uh, no because if you can because if you can get on the right submission even if you know they're not going to tap you can make people burn their road breaks it just makes like it takes a weakness in a lot of matches and turns it into a strength but I think it's something Pure Rose is really good at and I think it's on full display here with that little gristle of Mike Bennett trying to prove himself. And he, unlike at the end, he did get that respect, which I like. I'm pretty sure he then left the pure division again. But... God damn it. <laughs> it's true. No, he did leave the pure division after that. Yeah, because he wanted to focus on his tag team work. Um, Taven! Saying... <laughs> damn it, Taven. <laughs> Oh, it's but yeah, it was actually for what it was. Again, on paper, you think, oh no, but when it actually, when you go back and watch it and the build to this match, yeah, you know what? It works. It really works. I think what helps is that if you're just watching this rain, like we would have been, um, just for now, um, Mike Bennett was on commentary with Fred Yehey match and actually subtly talked about his history regression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you don't need that to enjoy this match. This most of what this match is enjoyable in this match is the fact that these two have weirdly good chemistry. Yes. Like <laughs> they went on to have a non-pure rules match a couple months later. Mm. And that was really good too. <laughs> in some random American indie. And it was weird. What indie was it actually? I've been trying to remember that all day, but I never thought to Google it. <laughs> I can't for the life of me remember, but I do know what match you're talking about. Yeah. Um, ah, I found it. It was Championship Wrestling from Atlanta. Oh, well, that, that I was going to say, there you go. <laughs> that I would never have guessed. It has two matches on its um, cage match um, match guide, and that is um, the Gresham Bennett match, and also Tony Nese versus David Ali. Oh, god dang it. Tony Nese. <laughs> Guys, I'm telling you, the premier athlete is going to be the next big thing. <laughs> if he stops counting these abs. No, uh, before we get on to the penultimate um, title match, want to give a special shout out to his match IWTV 100 against Adam Priest. I Could really, because I remember watching, of course, 
everyone, if anyone who's anyone from 2021 who watched IWTV 100 knows Wheelie Yuta versus Daniel Garcia, it was an incredible Great. match. Great match. Another match for a snub to my top 25 for Maki Ito, Minoru Suzuki, and Chris Brooks versus Eruption. <laughs> God dang, Chris. I didn't, I didn't. But that match does go quietly kind of under the radar in terms of that card. And I really liked it. And I think that's what made me, that's how I discovered Adam Priest and how he's gone on to become one of my subtle kind of like small favorites that's kind of bubbling on under the surface of a lot of people's periphery. I agree. Um, have, you had, have you had the chance to watch the match you had with Anthony Henry last night? Absolutely insane. Popping <laughs> <laughs> themselves. Honestly, Adam Priest and Anthony Henry have had some really good matches. Last year, they had some really solid matches. That one last night was so good. They had three matches that were in contention for my top 25 last year. That's how good. They have an insane amount of chemistry. I, I was going to say, Reardon, if you ever have a chance to go and actually watch the Southeast at the American Indies, or if you ever get a chance to watch the American Indies, go watch Adam Priest. I think you'd actually really like his work. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll give you my IWTV password. Just go watch for Anthony Henry Adam Priest match. That's good to me. <laughs> anyway, penultimate uh, title defense would be against Rhett Titus at Glory by Honor. Yeah, so there's one thing I was like, there were two people who watched Ring of Honor last year, and that was me and Forrest Silver. And <laughs> well, at least Boris was actually working in part with Ring of Honor, so he kind of had a duty too. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He was contractually obliged. But um, <laughs> when this match got announced, I just got a text from him, and it just said, "I hope Red Titus tries to kick Gresham and drop kick Gresham, and just goes over his head." <laughs> <laughs> and then this cheers, Forest. <laughs> And that never happened, and it's ruined this match forever for me. I'm like, why did that happen? Like, that, should have, that really should have happened. <laughs> you know what? Anyway. I wouldn't have put it past Red Titus. No. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Red Titus doesn't have... Okay, Red Titus has two great matches in 2020. <laughs> One. No one believes me. One was against Flip Gordon. That match is incredible, and I won't hear a word against it. <laughs> uh, on, but and this match, this match was very good. Gresham had a great knack for taking wrestlers that wouldn't normally give the time of day and mm-hmm. making them great. Red Titus would normally like where he he basically sat as like the hot tag in foundation tag matches. Yes, because it like say we want to bother a guy, he has a good hot tag. Mm. And um, so but like in singles matches, take him or leave him. Don't care. Has a Good. He has a good look, but a weirdly big jaw, and not like a chiseled jaw, just a big jaw. And it's—I've never noticed until you just said that, Chris. Yeah, like he's teethy without having massive teeth. You know what I mean? Uh, hi, Rat. I know you're listening. Uh, <laughs> so, but the yeah, views of Rat Titus aren't off the switch in my podcast. <laughs> Um and this match had a whole first of all it was Gresham finally stamping himself as a head of foundation by beating all of them. I doubt Red Titus was in contention for the leader, but you know. <laughs> it's like there's always weird bits of admin you need to deal with after you've done something big. And at the same time, Red Titus is a bit pissed at Gresham because at the last show he was injured. So Gresham stood in as a substitute in the tag title match, mm. and they lost. 
And Titus like, what the fuck, man? I've lost my belt. <laughs> I leave so, for five seconds. <laughs> I go away for five seconds, and you of all people lose my belt. Um, yeah, the ma- the match happens, and it's good. It's good. It's probably the it's probably the lesser of like Gresham's whole reign. Yeah, I would go as far um, as to say that. Say that again. I would go as far as to say that. Yeah, like it's still a very good match. It's just it's like the one que- it's the one match in this reign that I wouldn't say go out your way for. Like because like in the Flip Gordon match, you had like uh, something I forgot to mention actually that phenomenal like so on the German suplex where he had to put his leg up. Yeah. Um, or like the Joe Keys match where like there's an amazing promo beforehand or the Dak Draper match because it's perfect. Um, <laughs> but like yeah, this one's just kind of a pure rules match. It happens. It's very good, but it's like sort of a nothing of a match. Yeah. I, yeah. Again, I, I I can't really say any more than that, to be honest. <laughs> Which brings us to our very last match in his reign. Death Before Dishonor 2021. At the 2300 arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Jonathan Gresham going up against Josh Woods. Before I talk about this, Matt, can I talk about some, there was some weird fucking shit on this card? It, oh, this, this was such a weird card. Yeah, like, first, like, that the first about few, right for Ring of Honor at this point. Like, there's just a random Taylor Russ versus Jack Atlas match. Which, it th- just th- exists. I forgot that match even happened. Yeah. And then, um, so, there's this whole thing of Violence Unlimited not liking the pure division so they took on john walters who was like a legacy pure guy lee moriarty who they were going to have joined the pure division but then he signed with aw yeah <laughs> and lsg and then after that match jay lethal comes out and cuts a promo putting over the pure division and gets so and like it's so visibly mad at lee moriarty for, for signing with aw he's like i was gonna fight you and then the best part is lee moriarty kind of just has to stand there while jay lethal does this you know he's what? just he's just there I remember that because it almost like Lee Moriarty looking at Jay Lethal going, "Does it look like I cared?" Yeah, he's just standing there, and then, and then Jay Lethal is in um fucking is it ends up in fucking um AEW like two months later anyway. So anyway, and it would be on that. There was also a really good match between OGK and the Briscoes. Yeah, um, Roxy and Melanda Alize had a really good match as well. Oh yeah, that um, was for the. Uh... Vacant women's championship memory serves me right. Yeah, it was for it was the finals of the women's championship tournament, which for the most part was just fine. But Roxy really showed why she's like a special talent, and yeah. she's NXT women's champion now, right? Memory serves me correct. Yeah. What, what a fall from grace. Um, <laughs> and then, like, I I've used the phrase a lot of um feels like it was you press random on fire pro. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the main event here was Bandido, Brody King, Demonic, Flamita, and EC3. For the world title. Yeah, which, by the way, Demonic, Flamita, at this point, had the worst back knee. Oh, my like, God, yes. Oh, gosh, yes. And we like, thought... I thought for a while he was just dirty, and then I realised, oh, no, it's back knee. What the fuck? Was <laughs> he's, like on, he's, like, on those old Russian steroids. Like... <laughs> I mean, the big part about all of this for me is I looked at this, and I went, Bandido, huh? Brody King, huh? 
What are you doing here, EC3? <laughs> I was going to say, in, in the battle of... Who let you in? I was going to say, in the battle of the who has the worst back knee, you wouldn't think it in, in, in that, between those four, you wouldn't think it'd be Flavita. It would be EC3. <laughs> no, remember, you got to fight against big seasoning and all that. That's, I, What's that's even weird is, if memory serves, EC3 eliminated himself by disqualification. Yes, like. yes. he did. Yes, it tells you a did. lot, doesn't it? Remember, remember, kids. Control your narrative. Anyway, I, 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 after he left the match, the match got much better. Uh, anyway, back to why we're here. Um, I just wanted to specify how weird the show was. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, Josh Woods taking on Jonathan Gresham, and Josh Woods was silently becoming like the best pure rules guy. He was very different from Gresham. He didn't really use his rope breaks. Hmm. Um, and. He didn't really force rub breaks either. He, he was kind of kind of like Doug Draper in that he powered through people, but like more technically proficient, which made him more of a threat. Yes. And then you had Gresham, who used his rub breaks in order to burn yours, and that wasn't really going to work against Josh Woods because he didn't really need them. <laughs> um. So then going into this match, they kind of burned through each other's rub breaks right away. <laughs> yes, like, yeah. Never letting go of each other like fucking young lovers. Uh, this keeps happening until like a double pin happens and I don't like it when matches when title matches are restarted because they were like yeah let's just keep fighting I made a whole fucking video on that when Shiri and Utami did it Yeah, Um, I'm not massive on it as a concept we do it here meh I'm not going to go on a massive rant about it because the company's dead now but (laughs) (laughs) And two months after this, no one heard from Ring of Honor ever again. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go now. My planet needs me. But I uh... the cup. No one ever heard of it again, Tony. <laughs> no, I see what you mean with this one. Because I remember, I remember th- when it happened, I quite liked this match. Um, but going back on it, I kind of saw a couple of glaring things that made me go... I can't remember that, but now it's kind of made me go, nah, about it. <laughs> but it's the thing she brought up and made me go, huh. I didn't remember it being as nah as this was when I first watched it. We still have good com- chemistry, and as someone who was like invested in the product, I was, Josh Woods felt like the right guy to beat Gresham. Which is, I, I thought that was the right call as well. It It is, like, Josh Woods was much better than Tony Neath would have you believe. Um, he worked really well in the pure division. Actually, he'd go on to have a great match with Brian Johnson of all people, which sounds like a fake name, but I promise you, it's not. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we sort of good enough chemistry that like some of the bigger moments in this match really land. Like I loved the massive German from Woods in the back half. Yeah. Um, but like this is more satisfying in like a regular match kind of way than a pure rules kind of like sort of in the same way as for Tracy Williams match at the start of the rain where like it didn't really show like it it wasn't good for the reasons why I like pure rules really Mm. like it's the same sort of problem I have with current pure rules where like because the good thing about pure rules as I mentioned earlier to me was like the little meta that was building up yeah, which makes a match like which makes such a weird match like cheeseburger versus delirious kind of work. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, even, I'm not even joking. No, no, you're <laughs> right, you're right. Like, but then yeah, but then like when it came to a lot of big moments, it seems to just throw out of the window sometimes. Which was in hindsight 
quite frustrating. Um, but mm. like the current one, the current pure division only exists so Daniel Garcia and Willie Utah can have matches. That seems to be the only reason it exists right now. I'm not complaining like, about it. At the same time, you do need a heck of a lot more heft to your pure division than just yeah, that, like, you know? Like, you have Dark, which no one watches. Just, like, put some pure matches on there. <laughs> like, put some pure matches on there and, like, secretly have a division. It doesn't need to be on Dynamite. <laughs> so, I mean, the way, kind of, with all that being said, we've kind of wrapped up and gone through the entirety of Gresham's reign as pure champion. Of course, we know how this ends. He goes on in the last Ring of Honor to eventually win the world championship, bring back the OG version of the title. He would go on into the Indies and nothing ever happened from that company again. No, he would go on to the Indies to actually have a couple of uh, world title pure rules matches. If memory serves me. Yeah, it was an Adam Priest match. He ended up uh, having a couple of matches on impact against Chris Saban and Steve Macklin. He ended up having a match against Two Cold Scorpio for the world title at one point, which is actually really freaking good. Yeah, it's better than it's better than it should have been. <laughs> he ended up having a pure rules match at Terminus, I think, against Joss Alexander. It was a double yeah. pin, if memory serves me correct, that one that ended. Yeah, he also had one with Santana, which nobody watched. Nobody uh, watched. He also had one against Kanosuke Takesha, which I'm surprised nobody watched. Because uh, <laughs> like <laughs> people seem to be scrambling for any Kanosuke Takesha match at that point. At this point, yes, exactly. Exactly. So it's it's a weird one when I kind of like how do you conclude or how do you kind of sum up his reign as pure champion? It, well, we could bring up where he ended up in the PWI list if you want. No, yeah, true, true. <laughs> it was like it was nice to see the pure division back, and if you were going to give it to anyone at that time, it made sense to make it Gresham. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think the world, the way it was at the moment, at that time, I kind of think kind of hindered a lot of it, of what could have been, yeah, how we could have done it. Ring, Ring of Honor didn't have audiences on TV for the whole of 2021, but like they had them from Best of the World onwards on pay-per-views. Yes. On, on some pay-per-views, um, but never really fully went back to that because we were trying to be like as safe as possible because like ring of honor like behind the scenes from what i can gather is more run as like a tv production than it was a wrestling show like so everyone was actually paid a wage as opposed to a per appearance thing um like if you couldn't work they'd pay like they actually like despite being owned by sinclair which is like a big evil mega conglomerate they treated their employees very well you give credit to carrie silkin when you give it to him yeah, and, God. and um, but what I think, Gavin, like a lot of people became disillusioned with wrestling in 2020 for obvious reasons. Mm. But even beyond it just being like in an empty arena, I think 2020 it revealed flaws in modern wrestling that you can't really unsee. Yes, like um, matches going on too long all the time has been a problem since. Would like throughout most of the twenty ten. I I do have and to like, blame you to a certain degree. I point the finger at Kenny and Okada for that. Oh no, Kenny Okada happened, and then like it's so because I I rewatched Kenny Okada recently, and it, it's a weirdly charming match in that it's a it's in hindsight a massive overreach. <laughs> like they are trying too hard. They are trying very hard to make it. 
mm. it's something special. But like we're doing it in an earnest way where we're trying, like where we're trying to impress the fans, as opposed to now where the wrestlers seem to be trying to impress each other. Like one thing Will Ospreay does, which I can't stand, is he'll do something impressive and then he'll sit in it. For far, like the um when he counters the um Hurricane Rana and lands on his feet, objectively impressive spot. But he does it every time and then like looks up like it's a fucking anime. And I've said about this. <laughs> I was told I was being stupid. No, I said about and I, this. I, and I couldn't put that into words until I saw the Omega match he had because he did that spot and then immediately did a move. It's like, oh, so that's why it fucking sucks because he doesn't follow up on anything. Yeah. Um, what was I don't remember oh, what right, it was. Yeah. I think it was when they said about... Um... Oh, it was one of the matches he had, and they're like, it shows you the big difference because most of his with most of his stuff, you can just walk out of the way of it. <laughs> no, exactly. If he ever faced more Joe, he was fucked. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but um, I th- and I think that's why I like Wing Long because like it didn't have that pretense of trying to be epic all the time. Because New Japan, for some reason, the pandemic started, and we were like, right, everything has to go half an hour. <laughs> Everything. Everyone saw um, Edge versus Orton at Mania and go, we have to do that. <laughs> I still love that screenshot of people saying it's going on too long and then that one journalist everyone hates going, this match rules. <laughs> um, and, but like Ring of Honor, we didn't, like the longest match in this reign was the Flip Garden match. I, I can't, this reign sounds like a meme. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Like, but it was a flip god match, and it was wonderful, and it felt like within the match itself, it warranted that length, as opposed to let's see, December twenty twenty, rather than it overstaying its welcome or anything. Yeah, yeah, like the most like recent the IWGP match over over the most recent, recent years. At that point, would have been like Evil Naito. Yeah, which went like twenty eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> And like felt every second of that twenty. You minutes. ever wanted to watch twenty eight minutes of an evil match? <laughs> Not sober. Um... Yeah, just uh, just be, uh, with the uh, the thing with Will Osprey. It was the Will Osprey versus Orange Cassidy match. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, uh, it's it's incredible to see how easily you could just like walk out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, it, mm. and I think Gresham didn't basically until the Josh Woods match. It didn't feel like he was standing there being impressed with himself. Yeah, and like in the Josh Woods match, because Gresham, as he went on this year, um, I keep, I keep thinking it's still twenty twenty two. As he went on in twenty twenty two, he started having a lot of weird things. Like not only backstage with the whole PWI gate, um, but also like he he. It's almost like he's being too creative for his own good, but it's almost like he thought he was infallible. Like, yes. I remember he had a match in, like, the one that sticks out most is, like, WXW. Yeah. And um, he had a super fight and ambition. And we just, he had a match where, like, somewhat, I forget which way around it was, but someone got hoofed in the balls. And that was the, and, like, by the end of the match, it was, like, a doctor's stoppage. Yes. It was, not, if it was it, um, I want to say it was against Fast Time Mudo, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, like, yeah, it was some guy that like I normally wouldn't give the time of day if he wasn't going up, up against Gresham. Yeah. Um, the problem is, I think, I think as twenty twenty two went on, Gresham became less creative in the worst ways and more create uh, and more creative in the worst ways because he thought because like 
he realized I think he realized how good because like again not people were praising Gresham last year like he made Joseph's list he made um Simon's list of one hand work oh um, he made my list as well like that's the thing I think here's the thing in terms of the the past couple of years Gresham was despite like going back and watching it and saying it could have been more Gresham was kind of in a sense a really kind of a, a nice breath of fresh air in the sea of what was happening outside it's to have home wrestling. Is the thing I said to you before, Sam, which was he was he was a breath of fresh air, but that's because no one else was trying to do anything vaguely innovative. Exactly. Like that's that's why I value this thing because so much of wrestling has become homogenized. You look at something like um, say New Japan Noah, relevant because that's what happened today. Um, <laughs> While they like while their styles are different, like New Japan's is more on like building a crowd with a fever pitch, whereas Noah's is more based on physicality. They're basically using the same structure in their main event ethics. Yeah. Yeah. Like or even like a Kaito Kiyomiya match, which is like nothing like anything from New Japan or Odd or Noah. But again, borrowing from the same with the exception of like Kaito's flurry at the beginning of the match. All kind of feels Noah, Noah went so heavy on the we can do 30 minute ethics as well. They had <laughs> one that succeeded and decided this will be the only thing we do. Uh, no, Noah, they're so fuck them kids. <laughs> Just... D- DDT had it as well. Oh, DDT got it bad last year with the cash, uh, with the and endo reigns. Yeah, like... they were like, ah, we see the other two are do have done 30 minute title epics. What and if like, we DDT... joined as well? <laughs> and it's not the first time DDT's fell down my trap, like into Kashta's first round. We had him go 60 with Endo, and that's before either of them were remotely interesting. That's true. Yes. Um, like, DDT was weird, though, because last year, like, Endo got injured. It's like, right, fine, we'll put it on a coochie. And then we realized, oh, this is what we should have been doing the whole, the whole time. time. <laughs> yeah, Higuchi was there, why... had, like, had like a 15-minute match. It became like the best-rated thing DDT had in a while. And they were like, oh... We don't need to do that 30 minute stuff anymore. <laughs> we can just, yeah, we don't, just like, do, do, do this for 10 minutes and still put on five star classics. They just throw everyone a Higuchi and Higuchi make. Maybe through fucking Shinya Aoki. <laughs> I know! <laughs> that's amazing! Shinya, and about Shinya Aoki, no ma- even when he's just wrestling, you can tell he's a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, he- my, my favorite wrestling gremlin. <laughs> Fucking, didn't he have a match where he poked someone in the ass in 2020? Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. Wrestling's... Uh, so if we've learned anything from today's podcast, wrestling is an awful thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you should never really watch it. didn't care to comment on that. <laughs> wrestling is an awful thing, and please watch my two-and-a-half-hour year-end video when it drops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that, you know what? That's probably the perfect way to end this, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's probably the perfect way to end this. But honestly, um, wow, thank you ever so much for popping in, Chris. It's been a long time coming for you popping up I on the podcast, but thank you so much for this. Yeah, I remember like every time I'd pop into one of your live streams, you'd be like, I need to have you on my sweet chin flag podcast. I'm like, do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> we need to find something worth it. And it's like, oh, yeah, Gresham title with pure title raid. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's how you do it. That's how you do it. So, before I do my entire ending spiel, anything you want to plug, Chris, any socials, any videos coming up, projects of the like, feel free. The floor is yours to speak away, sir. Hmm, okay, so I you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Puro. 
Um, I mostly the only thing I tweet right now is random thoughts that come into my head on my wrestling thread, which makes everyone hate me. Um, <laughs> I have a YouTube channel. Um, it's just Chris O'Brien. Um, the editing's not very good, but I talked for a very long time about wrestling. <laughs> if you want to see, if you want to see what I'm really like, I'd recommend my 2000 video because that, that goes places. It, um, I enjoy that video ever so much, but it's not because I did the title sequences. <laughs> oh, look, yeah, sounds of the title sequence, amazing title sequence. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I go places there at some like I have two interludes about t- WCW, uh, where I'm like <laughs> nothing good happened, and then I I turned out I was a lie because Goldberg Scott Steiner was in my top twenty matches of that year. Based. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which, by the way, beat out Janakiyama Kenta Kabashi, just a spoiler. Just, uh, that based. made me laugh when I saw the placing for that, Chris. <laughs> Look, man, it rules. <laughs> we just, it's like rock and talking robots, except one of them Scott Steiner. Um, <laughs> the best kind of rock and talking robots. Yeah, I appear on people's podcasts sometimes. I don't really do podcasting anymore unless I'm helping a friend, but, you know, I'll. I, I appear places sometimes and I make podcasts go far too long because I can't stay on topic. Which, which, uh, which look, we can't either. Oh, <laughs> this oh, has wait, been two wait, hours wait. of going off on tangents. I love it. Oh, this, oh, this fit, it fits this po- podcast amazingly well, but sometimes it go on someone else's. Like, I remember what, um, after I left the Stardom cast, I was uh, brought back on for the year end awards and I got the immediate feeling, oh, I'm too negative for what the Stardom cast has become. <laughs> <laughs> like, like new, the new guy, Matt, he's absolutely lovely, but my God, does he not like being mean about wrestling? And it's like, <laughs> come on, dude, <laughs> wrestling sucks. <laughs> oh well, Chris, again, I really do appreciate you popping on, dude. Thank you ever so much for that, and uh, we'll have to have you on again in the future. Maybe we'll talk about Gresham's world title. No, 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 no. we're not talking about that. If you, if you want me to be angry, just have me on and talk about stardom that's all you need to do <laughs> perfect perfect we'll have you on for the judy episode anyway <laughs> our next episode we're having another match focus centric episode as we're going to be joined by our dear friend Gigi on wrestling as we're going to be talking about the absolute classic that is aj styles versus christopher daniels versus samoa joe for the X Division Championship. Oh, 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 oh boy. I am oh, very boy. excited to talk oh, about this one. Your flavor, AJ Styles, let's go. This is things <laughs> that I can talk about. All right, <laughs> let's go. But that is coming up on the next episode. Until then, I have been Sam. This has been Reardon, Dan, and Chris. And this has been the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. We'll see you as ever on the next one. Bye. 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 Yeah.